The SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $10 at WinBet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit winnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use the promo code SGP on your first deposit. You're going to get up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. We're also brought to you by StableDuel. StableDuel is a horse racing DFS app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. You can win as much as $25,000 with just one entry. Head over to StableDuel.com to get started today. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app. It is your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. Wow, three in one week. You guys are all special people for being able to get those out of this. Uh, it is the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, the SGP and Fantasy Football Podcast here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I am your host, Rod Gomez. Find me on Twitter at RJ Gomez. Find the SGP and Fantasy World at SGP and Fantasy on Twitter. Today, I know that we said that we were going to do a USFL draft, but we want to do this right, and we want to make sure that we get all of our T's crossed and all of our I's, our I's crossed and T's dotted in this one. And, uh, and and bring it to you properly. So uh, we're going to push that off for another week. Uh, and, and that just build, build the suspense. And we'll give you a, a way on Tuesday to actually be a part of that league as well. But for now, look, we, we teed it up on Tuesday. There's a lot of moving parts in this league. Uh, a lot of things happen in the offseason already that has shaken up rosters and shaken it all out. So uh, I'm bringing back Justin Mark. We are going to suss this out uh, and and just before we got on the air, uh, Justin was telling me how amazingly this this fit into what he's been doing lately for research wise. So, Justin, it just it just made sense to do this episode today, and I'm glad that it uh, fit with you. So, welcome on. Absolutely, thanks for having me. Yes, sir. All right, as we talked about last uh, on Tuesday, uh, there are so many free agent signings, so many trades that have just swept the NFL fantasy landscape and just landscape in general, because let's face it, these teams almost look like if you were to do a Madden uh, fantasy draft, that's kind of what it looks like at the end of this uh, with a lot of, of new faces in different jerseys, old faces in new jerseys in New Jersey, the state anyways, whatever. (laughs) Uh, But anyways, so yeah, that's all happening right now. And, and we got to figure out what to do from a fantasy standpoint, especially uh, with with dynasty and with three draft happening even right now as we speak. So, um, Justin, just what are your initial takes on this off season? And and what are, I mean, keeping up with this is is exhausting. Yeah, it has been crazy, especially when you talk about the um, major moves. Seven first round draft picks have been traded for players, and um, you know you think about not only that shaking up the players who are getting traded to new teams, but the teams that are getting those draft picks. So yeah, I mean, it's just been crazy. It's been an off season crazier than the normal ones. It seems like, and, but it's been fun. It's been exciting and it's a lot to keep up with from a fantasy football standpoint, but that's one of the reasons we do it. Right. If folks were selling rubber, those rubber bricks that you can throw at television screens, I wonder if that would be a lucrative business right about now, especially with folks uh, in Green Bay, uh, in Seattle. I mean, a lot of these teams that have been hit pretty hard by the by the movement bug. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's maybe you and I should start selling those to fans. There you go. Especially dynasty fantasy football players. Um, there's got to be some unhappy uh, owners out there, I feel like. I Well, yes. And and for the most part, I mean, I've seen all kinds of stuff on Twitter right now, just lamenting every single move. But uh, all right, let, let's go ahead and break some of those down, shall we? Let's load up three minutes on the clock. We'll start in Denver. Tuesday, we talked about the fact that now Russell Wilson is going to be over there in Denver. A huge move. This one, probably one of the biggest ones of the season and we talked about who's the losers over there uh, obviously the anybody that's catching the ball in seattle now has lost out but denver has gained a new uh, hope and lease on life uh, and one person i think may actually be the biggest winner of all this i know Cortland sutton is is probably one of the bigger names but i think jerry judy 
stands to benefit more from this last season. 38 catches, 467 yards. Uh, but you go back to his rookie year, he had 856 uh, yards and, and 52 catches. So you got to figure he was catching passes from Drew Locke, Jeff Driscoll, uh, Brett Rippon, Teddy Bridgewater, all these names, right, in, in a in a lock. But now he's got Russell Wilson. I think that's going to be a substantial upgrade for him. And it's going to be a longer-lasting one because you're not going to see a revolving door at quarterback anymore for Jerry Judy. So does he look like rookie Jerry Judy or does he look like last season's Jerry Judy going forward? Yeah, it's interesting. When you look at the quarterback production for the uh, the Broncos. Last year, they actually threw for 3,856 yards between Bridgewater and Locke, which really isn't bad. Um, I, you know, I was kind of thinking when I was going to research this, it's like, well, Wilson's obviously going to be way better than those guys, but, but that's not a, uh, the case necessarily. Now, Wilson was injured for three games last year, threw for 3,113 yards. Previous two, he was over 4,000. But I think where Judy benefits the most is I think Wilson is going to treat him like the Tyler Lockett role. And Tyler Lockett last year had 1,175 1, yards, eight touchdowns. I think because of their skill sets being kind of similar, you know, speedy receivers that are going to get above the coverage, and then Wilson having a good arm, I think that's kind of the numbers you can maybe start to expect out of Judy, which would be a career best for him if he uh, goes over 1,000 yards. And um, that's where, you know, Wilson likes those speedy receivers, and I think that's why he's going to be perfect with Jerry Judy, and Jerry Judy's going to be perfect with him. I think this is going to be a really good move for Judy um, just because of his skill set and how that fits into what Russell Wilson likes. And you can even just look at Seattle for the blueprint. I mean, Jerry Judy and DK Metcalf uh, and then Cortland Sutton and Tyler Locke. I mean, not they might even be interchangeable as far as what, what roles they play, but Russell Wilson is supported to big name wide receivers you know Tyler Lockett three straight seasons over a thousand yards three straight seasons with over 70 receptions DK Metcalf on the other end of that at least had 900 yards in in or more in both of his seasons he had 1300 in 2020 so back-to-back seasons of 75 or more receptions he can throw to two receivers in fact that's all he can throw to in some cases is two (laughs) receivers uh but you got to figure that Jerry Judy stays healthy he's one of those guys yeah and I would say, in my opinion, the Broncos' running game is better too, which when your running game is good, it opens your pass game. So, you know, I definitely think this is a good fit for Judy um, having Wilson there. So then if we're if we're talking about what to do an actionable item here, are, are are we hunting for Judy? Are we trying to figure out what we can give up to get Judy or, or do you think Judy managers are going to be very uh, much akin to what we're talking about now and maybe want to hold on to him? I have a feeling most people are going to want to hold on to him, but if you're doing a redraft, um, he's definitely somebody to keep your eye on. And when he starts uh, falling into those, um, I don't know, sixth, seventh rounds, when you're looking for a really good wide receiver that may be top of the line, but somebody there that's going to give you production, I think that's when you start thinking about grabbing him. I agree with that because, again, you know, if he starts to fall to you lower on the list, that's, that's when you snatch him up. Uh, and don't let him pass by too long because he probably won't sit there very much longer, especially if you got it ranked as an ADP rank in, like, I don't know, Yahoo or whatever. Uh, they probably won't let that go by. Somebody who may sit there for a while is Darnell Mooney. This name intrigued me only because now we see uh, we see Allen Robinson go. But to me, last season, I, I don't know that, and I we did, what, 70-some-odd episodes of this over the course of the season, and I barely remember talking about Darnell Mooney. That may have been an oversight on my part, but as I look back on the numbers, he had 81 catches for 1,055 yards and four touchdowns last season in that season that was dominated by Andy Dalton and Justin Fields. So, you know, and Troll and Foles and Trubisky were his quarterbacks before that. So, you know, it, it, it's now Darnell Mooney's uh, receiving room because now he's with uh, Equimania St. Brown. He's got Byron Pringle. He's got Damian Bird in there as well. So I feel like this is Mooney's ascension to true number one status. I may not have been giving him the credit that he deserved, uh, to be honest with you, but, you know, Allen Robinson sort of shown a, a pretty big spotlight over that. So, you know, he had back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons. Allen Robinson did. that. That's always a big thing. Obviously, he disappeared last season, but Darnell Mooney, 
could be that sleeper that you're looking for in a redraft and maybe somebody to go after in Dynasty even. Absolutely. The thing I feel like Darnell Mooney does well is he plays what they refer to as backyard football. So when Justin Fields is running around scrambling for his life, Mooney does a good job at recognizing that and then getting open. Um, He had 25% of the target share last year. Now Robinson leaving, that opens up another 12%. The interesting thing to me is I think when Robinson's on the field, most defenses put their cornerback one on him. So now that's going to shift to Mooney being the number one guy, undoubtedly. Um, now I know Poles, Ryan Poles, the GM, has said that they want to draft a wide receiver, so it might depend on what they do there. But I think Mooney's probably the guy that gets the shot at wide receiver one, so now he's drawing the best coverage. We'll see how that affects him. Um, I am optimistic just because I'm a Bears fan, and I think uh, I think Mooney's stock is going up because I think some of that 12%, I know Robinson didn't put up huge yards or numbers last year but he did have a a decent target share in that offense so i think that goes to mooney um a lot of it will depend on field's development of course but i think he's going to do better i think they're gonna do some things you know their gm is an offensive line guy so i think they're gonna vamp up that offensive line and yeah i think he is going to be a very solid choice well, and again, I, I talked about who he's going to be sharing the room with. I mean, St. Brown has 37 catches, 543 yards, and a touchdown with two seasons in Green Bay. Pringle, 67 catches, 898 uh, and seven touchdowns with Kansas City. Uh, last season was his big season. He had 42 catches, 568 yards, five touchdowns. And then Bird, in six seasons between Carolina, Arizona, Chicago, and New England, he has 117 catches, uh, 1,421 yards, and five touchdowns. That's in six seasons. So Darnell Mooney almost equals all of their totals already uh, just by himself. So, yeah, I think this is a true a true coronation of a, a wide receiver one over there. And if he can, like, I, you, I'm talking to the Bears fans, so I'm, I'm preaching to the choir at this point. But if he can find some rhythm with fields, it's over, right? Yeah. You know, besides Mooney, the wide receiver room kind of looks like – guys you're trying to pick up on the bye week that maybe they'll have a good game you know but otherwise that's definitely uh mooney's room and you know with the uh the rapport he's already built with fields i definitely think that he's going to have a good year i hope so i'm gonna i'm gonna try i'm gonna see i'm gonna dangle some some fish out there and see if i can get i don't know what i can get or or what i have to give up for him but i'm gonna try i mean the worst case is that he he bails on me and doesn't have a good season but I mean, that's just the risky run anyway. So uh, one other guy that I think I'm going to try to go after in earnest is Deontay Johnson. Now, again, you may be saying, but Rod, we already know Deontay Johnson is good. You don't have to tell us that. Yes, but uh, Juju Smith-Schuster is now gone. And as much as you want to say Deontay Johnson is good and probably the best receiver on that squad, even with Juju Smith-Schuster on it, he Smith Schuster was always just the biggest uh, um, attention hog, I guess, or uh, attention seeker out there. So he sort of he just sort of outshined Deontay Johnson just in that capacity alone, you know. But Deontay Johnson last season, 107 catches, 1161 yards, and eight touchdowns. So that's a really good line, you know. And in 2020, he was close to a thousand yards as well, 923 yards. Um, but now that Juju Smith Schuster is gone. I think uh, this is going to be a, okay, look, I know that Deontay Johnson is the number one guy. He's not going to try to fight for attention anymore with Juju Smith-Schuster. And he gets Mitch Trubisky, which you know very well, has a great connection with his wide receiver ones, a.k.a. uh, Allen Robinson. So, you know, you know Chase Claypool's in the mix, obviously, two seasons over, 860 yards, and uh, can, can really do that. And maybe if Anthony Miller can make the squad. He's on the reserves future right now. He can re- reunite with Trubisky uh, to, to do some damage. But Deontay Johnson, I think, has this room on lock. And uh, again, he's got a good quarterback pairing with Mitch Trubisky. So Deontay Johnson might have won this, this battle. I agree. I mean, a lot of it uh, depends on your faith in Mitch Trubisky. And as a uh, Bears fan, and he's an ex-Bear, I actually do have a lot of faith in him. Um, I know a lot of the the fans don't. Um, they thought True was the problem, but I don't. I don't think that's the case. Um, you know, I, I definitely think Nagy had a lot of flaws, and you, you saw Foles, Dalton, Fields, all those guys go through that offense and not have success either. 
Um, Mitch has a better arm than he's given credit for. He's a very athletic quarterback. You know, he can move out of the pocket. He can make the throws on the run. And just like you said, he loves to target his wide receiver one, even if he has to force the ball there. That's that's something that he just does. And I think that's definitely going to benefit Deontay Johnson. Well, I mean, again, you look at what Allen Robinson even did with uh, Trubisky too. I mean, he had back-to-back thousand-yard seasons in 19 and 20, 1,400 yards, 14 touchdowns with Jacksonville. That was before Trubisky. But, you know, obviously Allen Robinson ate a lot of the real estate in there. So, um, and and a lot of that was with Mitch Trubisky. So, yeah, if you can get Deontay Johnson up over 12, 1,300, 1,400 yards, instantly he becomes uh, even a better wide receiver than, than he was going into it. So, yeah, I mean, go try. Go, go see. Right now, maybe maybe people think Trubisky is a, a downgrade at quarterback, which I mean, again, by all rights and accounts, between Big Big Ben and Mitch Trubisky, I, I almost feel like it's a wash. Uh, the late Ben Roethlisberger, not I'm not gonna talk right. about in their prime, but late late Ben Roethlisberger and now Mitch Trubisky might be a wash. Uh, but again, just the the rapport that he has with his wide receiver ones is enough to make me very high. I think on Deontay Johnson. Yeah, and I don't feel like a lot of people are going to believe in Trubisky. So I think you can get Deontay Johnson at a pretty good price. Yep, see what you can get. I mean, float some offers out there. Uh, I mean, at, the, at right now, it's just a buyer's market. <laughs> I think I think it's just a buyer's sure. market at this point. You've got to just see what you can uh, part with and, and go from there. So uh, somebody that, I, I don't know, when I was putting this list together and I was looking at departed folks i started looking at ronald jones leaving tampa bay and i wondered what that actually does for leonard fournette last season uh 180 carries 812 yards and eight rushing touchdowns uh but he missed the last three regular games of the regular season of course the first game of the playoffs so i'm wondering uh would he be closer to a thousand yards at that point he did sort of grab that that running back one and hold on to it for as long as he could uh, and then he also pitched in in the receiving game. So 69 receptions for 454 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, but Ronald Jones last season had 101 carries, 428 yards. Um, Gio Bernard's a free agent, so he possibly can't be with the team anymore. So that leaves Vaughn and little else for Fournette. So uh, I'm thinking Leonard Fournette came out better in this as if he could get any better uh, than, than he came in. Yeah, no, I agree. He's somebody that's definitely moving up on my rankings. Um, Jones only had 428 yards, so I know that doesn't sound like a lot, but um, he had enough to be annoying to fantasy managers. That's what I definitely felt like. And every time Jones got in there, he ran the ball hard, and it felt like then they gave him a couple more carries and just a couple more carries. And so him leaving the team, I definitely think, is a huge positive for Leonard Fournette. Um, I think they are going to run the ball a little bit more actually um not that brady's out of his prime and can't throw the ball i just think you know with bruce arians retiring now todd bowl stepping in i think that they're going to run that ball a little bit more i think Fournette is definitely um that guy because Keyshawn vaughn doesn't really fit the mold as an rb1 so um he's somebody that i'm definitely keeping my eye on for the value if i'm doing a redraft or in dynasties, kind of starting to get some feelers from the manager of, you know, what would it take to get him? Because um, I'm definitely probably higher than most people on Fournette at this point, but I definitely think it's going to be worth it. We forget. We, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I don't know. But most most casual fantasy managers kind of forget that Leonard Fournette was a powerhouse. He was somebody that we were all over when he was with Jacksonville and. It just doesn't seem like he gets the same sort of respect anymore. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was the type of guy that it was like, really, they let go of him? They, they didn't do anything to keep him? Are you serious? You know, so, um, yeah, I agree. It, it was a surprise that he wasn't with Jacksonville anymore, and I think he's just, um, with Jones gone now, I think this is going to be a really good um, season for him. So my question, though, is is how long – does Brady last this season? Did he? Is he going to... I mean, do you think that this is one too many? I don't I don't know, man. I, I know he's indestructible, but damn it, how indestructible is he? I, you know, every time I doubt Brady, he proves <laughs> me wrong, so I'm not going to do it. <laughs> uh, I mean, and he's not going to turn and, th- and hand off to his running back a million times anymore. 
because uh, he's probably out for if this is his very last season. Which again, we've said that for many, many years now. <laughs> if this is his very last season, you know he's going to want to go out with every single record in his pocket. Now that he's past Drew Brees, he can't fight that battle anymore. Uh, and then let's who who else was he battling? He was battling uh, Rogers as well, right there at the end, or or who was he battling? I think it was Rogers, right? I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whoever it was for whatever record, they were passing each other every week. Uh, that's not going to happen anymore. He will own all of the records. Uh, all right, last one before the break. Elijah Mitchell, near and dear to my heart, is a San Francisco 49er. And now, even though Raheem Mostert was not an issue last season, obviously because of injury, and even the season before because of injury, uh, now he's no longer an issue because he's no longer with the team. So for Elijah Mitchell, this does basically solidify him as really the only wide receiver in that room. I know Jeff Wilson's back, but again, you can't necessarily say Jeff Wilson is going to be the type of back that Elijah Mitchell is. And I know, I know Niner fan or even outside Niner lookers, you say Shanahan, you know, uses every running back in the book to to accomplish the mission, then yes, he does. But Elijah Mitchell as a rookie missed six games last season, still had 207 carries, 963 yards, and five touchdowns in his rookie season. That type of debut, that type of audition into the world of the NFL does not go overlooked. So you got to think that I, I don't know that I don't think Shanahan's going to dial back his multi running back uh, approach to life, but you can't ignore the fact that he could have had a thousand yard season in his rookie year had he not missed a few games due to injury. And, you know, injury ha injuries happen every season. So I don't know if you could say he's injury prone with just one, one uh, season like that, but. He's the man, and now he's really the man uh, because the other guys that are on the roster are all mainly the third down backs or the change of pace backs, but Elijah Mitchell's going to get his fair share of work this season, and I am so high on him in redraft. I'm definitely taking him uh, early as I can, and uh, in, in Dynasty, find somebody who doesn't like the Niners and Shanahan and go after him. Yeah, this one hurts me because I uh, should have talked to you last year before I traded him, I guess. <laughs> um, I thought for sure, like, you know, he was having good games. And so I thought I'm going to capitalize on that because uh, Sermon was drafted before him. He's not just going to go away. But, uh, you know, I don't, are they giving up on Sermon? Is he a bust? Uh, you know, it's hard to tell. Um, but so I, I ended up trading Mitchell for to move up in this year's draft because my season was already over but he would have been a 15th round keeper had i kept him oh. so it hurts it hurts bad but i agree um mostert's not there uh hasty's not going to take it wilson's not going to take it certainly seems like they're over sermon already or just going to keep him in the reserves or if they have to use him so it definitely looks like even though uh shanahan likes to use this multiple running backs um this is the the 1a i guess he's the top guy he's going to get the most carries he's going to get the first carries um yeah it hurts talking about him still does <laughs> but and that and that really is what you witnessed last season too because again i know they brought sermon in for a few they had to i mean they had to they had to bring sermon in because uh of the the running back by committee there especially after uh when uh, mitchell got hurt in those games and and you just didn't see the same sort of spark that you did with Mitchell in the offense. So I, I just, again, you know, if, if you have a short-sighted manager that, that forgets and hasn't paid attention really, or just a needy Elijah Mitchell manager that you see a weakness in the roster that you can help fill, go after that. I mean, if you've got somebody that they're, that they're willing to part with or that you're willing to part with for him, go get it because Elijah Mitchell is going to be a big name uh, for a very long time, in my opinion, in San Francisco and in the NFL in general. Yeah, or play Stout. Tell them, oh, Sermon's going to get it back, and Shanahan uses <laughs> all these running backs. Play some Doubt in their head first. <laughs> You're sneaky. sneaky yeah. Sneaky. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, five down, five to go. We're going to step away for Aunt Jill's favorite part of the show. We're going to pay some bills, and when we come back, we're going to break down the other other five players. Hi, Aunt Jill. Let's talk some, uh, whoops, let's talk some win bet, shall we? I always push the wrong damn button. If you're looking for Las Vegas-style casino fun in the palm of your hand, 
Look no further than WinBet. It's the premier online casino from the five-star Win Resorts properties from classic table games to all the best slots, thrills, and jackpots. WinBet has everything you need for the ultimate casino experience. Sign up today. You're going to get a 100% first deposit match up to $1,000. Join WinBet for the win hour. It's from 2 to 3 Pacific every single day. You get better prices on select games. And anyone who has the WinBet app, like you right now, you're alerted right on the hour. So bet $500 or more on college basketball this Thursday through Sunday. You're going to be entered to win a two-night stay at the Win Las Vegas. Vegas. <laughs> If you bet $1,100 on the men's college basketball tournament on Thursday through Sunday, you're eligible for two entries into the prize draw. Get there. There's so much to choose from. All you got to do is download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to get started. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. We are at it again. This time, though, we're giving $1,000 in our Final Four contest. Respond to 10 questions. That's all you got to do on the app. Whoever has the most correct answers is going to win $1,000. If you want to enter, just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash final four. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash final four. You may see it all over the website. Sean and Ryan just talked about it, but there are never enough things to gamble on. And the one sport that has runs 365 days a year is horse racing. And the best part, there's a new way to play the ponies, especially if you're brand new to the sport. Go check out Stable Duel. It's a daily, it's a daily fantasy style app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. Pick your horses, build your stables, and play against others to move up the leaderboard. You can win. As much as $25,000 with just one entry. I didn't stutter. $25,000 with just one entry. If you don't know anything about horses, it's cool. I don't either. The app gives you clear data on which horses to build your best strategy. The app is free to download at StableDuel.com and multiple games are offered each day with free games weekly at tracks all over the United States. So get in the app, create your account, start building your stables today. Go invite your friends to play against you or you can play against our stables. You can even follow them in our app and we can compare our own stats. Go download it now, StableDuel.com. See how many winners you can pick in your stable. We'll see you in the winner's circle. Play, race, win. As always, we're brought to you by PropSwap. It is where America buys and sells sports bets. Final four set. Prop Swap's your place to cash in on the big dance. Last two weeks, Prop Swappers have been making thousands of dollars by simply buying and selling college basketball teams. You can always find the best odds on Prop Swap because you're buying directly from other bettors like yourself. Then, after you make your purchase, you can either go for the win or resell your bet at any time to lock in a profit. Like our friend Patrick from New York sold a $1,000 35-to-1 Houston championship ticket for $6,000 on Prop Swap. He's eating steak tonight. Before their Elite Eight game, Patrick turned $1,000 into $6,000 guaranteed. And the buyer got the best odds in the country. Go to PropSwap.com or download the free PropSwap app today. It's got fantastic features like filtering listed tickets based on the best value. You get a free activity fee to stay in the know with all the big sales and red-hot tickets for sale. It's a loyalty rewards program, too, that turns your ticket sales into extra bonus cash. And... More importantly, a first deposit cash match. Use the promo code SGP on your first deposit. PropSwap's going to match your deposit up to $500. Join the real sports bettors on PropSwap, where America buys and sells sports bets. Five down, five to go as always after the break. This is the SGP and Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I, of course... Rod Gomez joined by Justin Mark, and we are talking about some winners from the just ridiculous palooza of player movement that's going on in the NFL right now that's got every single fantasy football manager glued to their phones even in the offseason, so it's been ridiculous. Uh, all right, we move out west to Arizona where Christian Kirk is no longer a thing. A.J. Green might be uh, gone as well. So, very much could open the door for a guy like Rondell Moore to have yet another fantastic season. Uh, okay, maybe not fantastic, but at least a fantastic season in Arizona with Kyler Murray, who wants to play baseball, but I don't know. 
Maybe he'll throw a few fastballs his way. Uh, Rondale Moore, last year as a rookie, 54 catches, 435 yards at a touchdown. Uh, as we stated before, Christian Kirk now in Jacksonville. But Rondale Moore still has to deal with the likes of uh, Hopkins and Anthony Isabella. Eh, maybe. <laughs> but whatever. Uh, Rondale Moore could be sliding into that wide receiver two spot. But does that benefit him? And does that make him somebody that we're even remotely interested in for fantasy purposes, Justin? You find the manager, and hopefully he's been sleeping on the offseason. Um, Christian Kirk is gone. That was 17% of the target share. You know, A.J. Green, if he's there, he's getting older. Hopkins, we saw, was a little injury-prone last year, and he's, you know, he's starting to get to where it seems like he might be injury-prone. So that leaves Rondell Moore. Um, Andy Isabella doesn't scare me on this. Um, so <laughs> I definitely, uh, I think, Rondell Moore is going to have a good year. Um, even if you split the target share that's gone from Christian Kirk, then you're looking at Moore having about 678 yards based on what he had last year. I think he's going to exceed that. I I see kind of an 850, 900 yard um, floor for him. So he's definitely somebody that I'm, I think is going to do well as a wide receiver too. Um, I would draft him as a wide receiver too. Um, I think one of the things that he didn't have a lot of last year, touchdowns, I think that's going to open up some more. Um, I realize with Hopkins there, he's usually kind of their touchdown target. Um, Zach Ertz started taking that over. And then um, Chase Edmonds and James Conner, of course, inside the red zone, they seem to run the ball a lot. I think you'll see that uh, you know shift a little, especially with Edmonds gone now as well. So Moore is definitely somebody that I think benefited from movement this offseason. I think um, he's going to have a really good sophomore year. You got to think, too, that that Arizona offense is going to try to open it up a little more as well. Uh, and and with Hopkins, I you're, I mean, I, I think that Hopkins does not stay healthy all year again. Uh, again, we're putting these guys now through an extra game a season. Uh, obviously, I know that there's not as many uh, preseason games, but we're putting them through an extra game. Which means an extra week of work, which means a lot of these guys we saw. I mean, we saw injuries kind of happen quite a bit more than I'm I'm used to seeing in in seasons. And I think the collective toll of that is going to take it take its uh, toll in the next couple of seasons. So Hopkins may not stay out there the whole time, which leaves more to become that wide receiver one now with no threat of Christian Kirk anywhere to be seen. And come on, man, Isabella doesn't scare you. Dude's only had like a couple of catches in his career, but. You know, he could he could break out. Zach Ertz scares me more than Isabella does as far as Moore's target share. <laughs> yeah, Zach Ertz. You know, it, it's funny with Zach Ertz. You know, he, he busted on and he, he did fantastic things and things that you were like, yeah, I'm so glad that he's on my team. And then all of a sudden it was like, well, there's weeks where you're like, where, where is he? Where yeah, is Zach sure. Ertz? So... Uh, yeah, I mean, Rondell Moore, again, I'm, I, I think he's going to benefit from this, but I don't know that I'm actively seeking out getting Rondell Moore unless I really need one of those guys like you were talking about on a bye week that maybe he could possibly do uh, some great things. I mean, he's going to win himself, but for fantasy purposes, I don't think you're going to win by going after him pretty hot and heavy. Yeah, definitely don't, you know, don't treat him like he's going to be your wide receiver one, but if you're looking for the wide receiver two flex and you need that piece, I think he's a, a really good one because I think he has a pretty high floor. I think so too, at least, at least in that flex position. So uh, I would probably take this next guy that we're going to talk about over Rondell Moore and that's Elijah Moore, different Moore. I'm sure they're not brothers, uh, but as a rookie, he had 43 catches 538 yards, five touchdowns, uh, and he had to share the field with a, with a big guy in, in his own right. Jamison Crowder uh, was there for last season. Crowder had 447 yards, two touchdowns uh, last season in 12 games. Obviously, he didn't play the first three games, but the quarterbacks for both of those guys were Zach Wilson, Matt, Mike White, Josh Johnson, Joe Flacco. Like, wow. It was quarterback by committee over there. Uh, so now Elijah Moore shares the room with Corey Davis, who, again... Corey Davis missed some time, 492, 492 yards, four touchdowns in nine seasons. And they've got Keelan Cole in there right now uh, as well, 449 yards and a touchdown last season with the Jets. But again, this is a Jets team that is on the rise with Zach Wilson in there. I mean, I, I put that in quotes, but 
Uh, I think Elijah Moore stands to benefit from Jamison Crowder leaving and uh, now becoming that wide receiver too uh, against Corey Davis. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, Crowder had more target share than I realized, and I think it's because he didn't uh, turn those targets into a lot of yards or receptions. So I think Elijah Moore gets a couple of those. He already led the team in targets last year. Um, so it should expand. My only hesitancy with Elijah Moore is his ADP is creeping up quite a bit. Um, so everybody else is kind of catching on to that and jumping on that train. And it's almost to a point where it's a little high for me. Um, I think last I looked, his average rank is the 34th player taken. Um, that seems a little high in my opinion, but, um, I'm also, I'm not completely sold on Zach Wilson yet. I need a little more time to see what he can do, um, a full year, hopefully healthy, you know, for his sake, um, before I'm running to see if I can get Elijah Moore myself. As a dynasty manager, I'm probably not going to try to let him go unless I get a really sweet deal out of him. Uh, and, and even trying to shop him, like, I guess if you're, if you're kind of, thinking that his value is going to be a little higher now with some folks if you said your their ADP is is uh, his ADP is climbing that means that most folks are looking at him wanting him so maybe put him on the trade block see if you can get yourself uh, a good running back too a good solid running back too um, maybe somebody will give you Elijah Mitchell if they don't know what they're doing and sure. you can you can switch one of Elijah for the other uh, that would be amazing so yeah again you know the the Jets are the Jets and you kind of take take their offense with a grain of salt and anybody that plays in it. But I don't know. I think big I think big things are ahead for Elijah Moore. We could be talking about him in, in years to come as somebody that kind of lifted that that franchise out of the out of the doldrums. Yeah, and if he, he can get um, a good connection going with Zach Wilson, I mean that obviously will help a lot. And you know, like I said, he's was their number one target guy last year. So I definitely think with Crowder leaving, he's going to be that number one target guy again. Well, we can only see. And then we can see if the Jets are still the Jets at the end of the day. <laughs> That'll be fun. Uh, all right. There is a GIF, a meme, uh, whatever on the internet where John Travolta is standing with his jacket with his arms out looking around, waiting to see what's around him. That's what Alan Lazard is right now as he looks at his teammates lining up in the wide receiver position. He has got nobody left there anymore to, to even have fun with now that Devontae Adams is gone. So Alan Lazard becomes the de facto wide receiver one in this, in this offense with a resume that boasts 109 receptions, 1,448 yards, 14 touchdowns in four seasons with Green Bay. That's that's a normal one season with some receivers, but not not Lazard. Uh, his best season, obviously, last year, 2021, 40 catches, 513 yards, eight touchdowns in 15 of the 17 games. Now he's left with the ghost of Randall Cobb, who in 12 games last season had 28 yards, 375, or I'm sorry, 28 catches, 375 yards, five touchdowns in 12 games. Jawan Winfrey, cross that off your bingo list. Eight catches for 58 yards in 12 career games between both Green Bay and Denver. So that's who he's left with, Justin. So does Lazard move the needle now that Adams is gone? First of all, I'm glad I'm on mute. You're killing me with Ghost <laughs> Randall Cobb and Bingo. <laughs> um, it, at first, I thought, wow, this is you know this isn't great opportunity for Lazard to step up. Um, granted, I'm, I have a feeling they'll probably draft a wide receiver, but when you look at his games without Devontae Adams, he really hasn't done that much either. He's averaged 3.17 catches, 50.3 yards, and a third of a touchdown a game in six games without Adams. So he just, he hasn't been a go-to guy with Adams there or not there. Um, so, you know, this is one of the most predict unpredictable offenses in my opinion as far as who's going to lead the wide receiver rooms um what their passing game is even going to look like you know I, I know Rodgers I I don't like saying it as a Bears fan but I know Rodgers is a good quarterback I know he can make things happen you know we, we always used to say that about Brady like Brady in New England never had a great wide receiving core yet he still won games that's kind of you know Rodgers I don't think he's going to need Adams I guess we'll see 
but I think they're still going to move the ball. I just can't say whether it's going to be Lazard or not. Um, if I manage Lazard in a dynasty um, league, I'm looking at the Packer fan saying, okay, what are you going to give me for him? Because I'm just that uncertain. And it might be a thing where it's a really bad trade because it pays off for said Packer fan. But um, I think for me, I'm okay with that because I just, I don't know what it's going to look like. Well, we talked about losing Adams. We also forgot to mention that Mar- Marquez Valket- Valdez Scantling, MVS, MVS is gone too. Yeah. So again, he's John Travolta holding that jacket, just walking around going, okay, <laughs> guys, guys, is there anybody left? Uh, and it's not. So yeah, no, I mean, he's got to be the guy, right? He, we, this, this is not winners on your roster. This is winners because other people are gone, and I think he's got to be a winner. But to what extent, I guess, is what we're really waiting to see and what that does sure. and what that means, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, it, you know, one thing we'll, I will say about it is Rodgers likes throwing to guys he trusts, and Lazard is going to be one of the few guys that's been around there for several years that I feel like he is going to trust, and I definitely think that's going to help Lazard's case. That's going to help his numbers. Um that's going to be somebody that Rogers says, oh yeah, I know you at least, so I can rely on you. Keep an eye on this though, because there are still some big name wide receivers out there that are looking for new homes. You could possibly see a guy like OBJ head over to Green Bay, and that could be that could definitely take a huge chunk out of the the newfound uh, rise in stock for Alan Lazard or you know any number of those guys <clears throat> that are out there right now could could basically ruin the day for Alan Lazard. So don't go chasing after him yet. See where this all shakes out and True. figure out where Lazard goes in your, in your uh, rankings afterwards. So, uh, all right. Somebody who I, I think benefits more than I think anybody's going to give him credit for is James Connor. Chase Edmonds is now gone. Uh, Edmonds last season with Arizona, 116 rushes, 592 yards, two touchdowns, caught 43 balls for 311 yards. Uh, and 12 games, and uh, James Conner was just that surprise, that that guy that uh, everybody thought it was going to be Edmonds, but James Conner came through with a lot of good games, a lot of multi-touchdown games. Overall, he had 202 yards, 752 touchdowns, and 15, oh, I'm sorry, 752 yards, 15 touchdowns. Boy, that would be a lot of touchdowns, wouldn't it? Uh, and then caught the ball 37 times for 375 yards and three touchdowns last season. Uh, he is left with Eno Benjamin who in nine games last season had 34 carries, 118 yards, and a touchdown. So James Conner becomes a three-down back, in my opinion. I don't think they need to add anybody else to spell James Conner. He's proven he's that good, and I think Arizona should leave it be and allow him to shine next season. Yeah, so I was high on James Conner last year. So I'm definitely back on that train again. Um, and, And, you know, last year I wrote our best and worst fantasy football calls. So maybe this will end up on it as one of the worst, but I think he'll finish in the top five. Um, I I think with Edwards out of the way, uh, you know, that's another almost 600 yards. There's some receptions to gain there, some touchdowns. This is James Conner's show. I think he proved last year that he can, he can do that. He can be the guy that leads the team in the backfield. And I think they're just, they're going to rely on him more. He's going to get some more target share. Um, he's definitely somebody that I will be targeting in all drafts. Yeah, I was going to say, in redraft, for sure, keep an eye on him. Um, I did that mock draft the other day. <clears throat> he went kind of early in that one. So you, you got to keep an eye on where he's, where he's falling in a redraft. And in Dynasty, again, <clears throat> a lot of Dynasty is is just about finding the what the value is for the market. Right, obviously, you you just I can't tell you to go trade so and so for so and so because they may not work in that league. So what you need to do is you need to put out feelers and figure out where that James Conner uh, manager is comfortable and what he wants for James Conner, and then go there. I mean, because I think somebody I think this is somebody you want to target in Dynasty. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I think they extended him for three years, so he's going to be there with the Cardinals for a while. He's going to get familiar with that system even more. And they're going to continue to lean on him to uh, for their run game. Yeah, don't give up the farm for him. I mean, he's not going to be a league winner, I think, but he's definitely going to be a guy that you can count on, especially now that this is basically his running back uh, uh, 
position through and through. Solid weeks. You know, definitely a lot of solid weeks that he'll get you uh, in that running back one position. So, uh, yeah, not a barn burner, but somebody who's very, very solid. Uh, that low-end running back one, high-end uh, running back two. Uh, but somebody who I think is going to be the, uh, I don't know, I say it. This is going to be one of my worst calls. Ready, Justin? I wrote down the time code for your call. I'm writing down the time code for my call right now. I'm, I'm already declaring Kyle Pitts as a top three uh, tight end at the end of next season. Uh, and and it, again, he was good enough to do it this season. I think he's going to do it again uh, because last season he had 110 catches, uh, 1,026 yards and a touchdown as a rookie. Set the rookie record for receiving in Atlanta. Uh, and he's the only tight end in Atlanta history with 1,000 yards uh, in on a season. Uh, and you got to figure where he's moving to, or where he's moving to, what, who's moving in to him, and that's Marcus Mariota. Let's just take a quick look at Marcus Mariota's track record with, with tight ends. And it begins and ends right now with Delaney Walker, right? Delaney Walker led Tennessee in receptions with 94 yards with 1,088 in touchdowns with six in 2015. He was tied for second uh, with tw in 2016 with 65, second in yards with 800, second in TDs for seventh. Uh, that was in 2016. The next year, he led the Tennessee Titans again with uh, 74 receptions, 807 yards, and, two and he was second in touchdowns with third. So the message in all of this is Marcus Mariota loves his tight ends, and now he's got one that's a tight end slash wide receiver combo. Load me up with all the Kyle Pitts that my arms can carry. I really thoroughly enjoy the fact that your notes match the notes I wrote with listing out all of Delaney Walker's success um, because I absolutely agree. If you look at the history of Marcus Mariota, he targets tight ends. Um, and yes, sure, that was Delaney Walker, who was a very talented tight end, but Kyle Pitts is a very talented tight end. Pitts had 1,026 yards last year. I think he's going to remain on track with that. Where he's going to improve is touchdowns. He only had one touchdown last year, and I think that's definitely going to skyrocket. I'm, I don't know if he'll get double-digit touchdowns, but I do think he'll be above five. Um, so that alone is going to help. The other thing is, who are their wide receivers going to be? I don't even know if they know at this point like who's going to lead that wide receiver room. So Kyle Pitts will be the number one target in the target share most likely. Um, and Mariota, you, you know, I know he got phased out in Tennessee for Ryan Tannehill, and Tannehill ran that offense very well, so I understand that. But he's not a bad quarterback by any means. Um, very, very much uh, successful in Oregon when he played for the Ducks there. I just think he's going to step in and surprise a lot of people that might be sleeping on him. And I think that's going to obviously benefit Kyle Pitts. Not that Matt Ryan was bad, um, though I think Ryan's on the end of his career. Um, but I'm right there with you. I'm high on Kyle Pitts. I think because of that um, Delaney Walker history Mariota has, that it's going to easily translate uh, to the Falcons and Kyle Pitts having success. Yeah, and let's not let's not translate that into me saying that Atlanta is going to become a Super Bowl contender all of a sudden either. I'm just saying that Kyle Pitts is going to be uh, a very very highly ranked player in not just tight ends but overall uh, going into the 2022 season because that dude's situation. I mean, it's like he scratched a lottery ticket and it was just like, hey, buddy, you just won the the lotto, the whole shebang because you've got a quarterback coming to you now that basically just throws to his tight end uh and that's all there is to it and i love that you said delaney walker is a good player and yeah but kyle pitts i think is even better than delaney walker and i love delaney walker because he was a niner but yeah i think kyle pitts is way way better than delaney walker even right now agreed yeah absolutely agree um and i think you know I don't think I think you're right. The Falcons aren't going to be some Super Bowl team. I think they're going to be the same team that's playing from behind a lot. Playing from behind a lot often benefits fantasy managers because they're getting a lot of garbage time when the defense is just going prevent D and say, "Hey, I just don't want you guys to score." So, I definitely think that'll benefit them as well. And you got to figure too that Kyle Pitts the actionable item here is obviously we all know Kyle Pitts is good. Yes. You, we don't got to tell anybody that. He's definitely good. But the actionable item here is for you to treat this now because we've, we've talked about tight ends in the past as like Kelsey, Kittle, 
Um, you know, these guys that you draft, even like, I guess, Gronk to a certain extent, that you draft in the first couple of rounds because they're, you know, even Mark Andrews maybe even this year too. But Kyle Pitts, I don't think you need to, I don't think you can treat him like a tight end, and especially even more now. Like, he does become a guy that you can probably feel comfortable taking toward the back end of the first uh, round and maybe even with your first few picks of the second round. I would treat him as a wide receiver more than I would treat him as a tight end now for sure, you know, especially given his, his upgrade in circumstances. Yeah, I agree. Um, and you, you can't sleep on tight ends because there's only a few that put up consistent good numbers. Um, you know, we uh, mentioned on, I think it was the USFL mock draft, how my wife went undefeated one year. She started that draft with a tight end. She went with Gronk. That was one of his great years with New England. If you can get a good tight end that's going to put up consistent good numbers, you already have an edge on most of the competition because there's, what, three or four that consistently do it throughout the year. Yes, sir. And it's just a tough, tough land of, of disappointment week in and week out, <laughs> uh, which we are trying to spare you from. So I, I'm glad that we were able to break down these 10 players. Uh, I feel like we did a good job of actually giving you some names to think about as you begin your fantasy football research because fantasy football season never ends. And this season, especially it never ends. I will tell you right now. Absolutely. So, uh, all right, Justin, we've come to the end of the road. Why don't you go ahead and tell everybody where they can find your work on the internet and on the SGP and website. Yep. Find me on the SGP website app, and then you can find me on Twitter at jmarkfootball. And he is going to be cranking out some, well, all kinds of stuff, NFL fantasy. Uh, but as we inch closer to the USFL fantasy season, it's happening. Uh, also, <laughs> we've got a, we got to follow up on a, on a breaking story, too, that we were on. We won't break it here, but we need to follow up on that. So follow SGPN Fantasy for uh, all your USFL news, all of your NFL news. And, of course, follow me on Twitter at RJ Gomez. I will continue to keep you in the loop as well. But we're going to keep this going again. Next week, loading up two episodes. One is the draft. The other is some more NFL fantasy stuff. Uh, but, yeah, we'll keep you posted. Until then, everybody, uh, thanks for listening. As always, if you like the show, go ahead and leave us a review. We never mind hearing from you. We love to know that you love this show or maybe not. I don't know. I don't know whatever's up your butt this day. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, all right. We're going to talk to you guys next week. And when we do, we'll enjoy it. So until next time. Uh, have some fun out there and let it ride. Some tan and cheese. Loud it's grilled and gold.